A long, long time ago, in a movie theater in Fox Lake, Illinois, a young hipster named Bob sat down for a midnight screening of the most anticipated movie of his young life. The lights dimmed, the curtains pulled back, the previews ended, and then the first bars of John Williams' score heralded the arrival of the first Star Wars movie in 16 years, and the crowd erupted. Two and a half hours later, the lights came back on, and the audience was dazed. The boisterous crowd was now silent. Someone in the back was overheard saying out loud, What the hell was that? That was the Phantom Menace. Welcome to the first episode of the Aging Hipster Star Wars Rewatch. I am your host, Darth Bob Serrano. Joining me is our very own industrial light and magic. This man spent a semester abroad studying trade policy at Nabu University. Hello, Toby Crines. Hello, Bob. Excited to be here today. Oh, oh, I'm excited as well. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, you and I made a solemn promise to rewatch and podcast about all eight movies of the Skywalker saga. We're going from episode one episode eight leading up to the rise of skywalker on december 20th so we're going to go in sequential order or chronological order whichever order i'm meaning so that means we're starting with the prequels unfortunately Yay. that means we start with a phantom in this um i think before we get really into it i think we need to put some caveats out there to cover our ass a little bit um i am not a star wars expert I've watched Star Wars a lot in my life. I don't really un- remember a lot of the canon and stuff. So I just want to put that out there before people get really angry if I screw stuff up. How about you, Toby? <laughs> Did you want to throw- uh, So I, I, I'm probably, uh, I would say I'm, I've, I'm similar to you, except I've read a handful of the books, like probably five to 10 of the Star Wars books, which are not actually, they were canon until George Lucas sold his empire and uh, Disney said the books are no longer canon. So That's right. Actually, uh, then we're in the same uh, place then because I read like Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the first three books. Yep. And those were, I thought those were excellent. I'm actually kind of upset that they never made those, you know, with Grand Admiral Thrawn and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And I read a bunch of those books until they killed Chewbacca in them. And I was just like, I'm done with that. I'm done with that. Yeah. Was, yeah. So. Rude. How yeah. wooed. Yeah. So everybody, please keep that in mind <laughs> as we give you our analysis. Uh, okay. But before we kick things off, let's take care of some business. Uh, please subscribe, recommend to friends and strangers, rate and review uh, this podcast, The Aging Hipster Network. It, this can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and a bunch of other apps. If we are not found on the app you regularly use, Please let me know and I'll get it worked out and added. Also, email us at aginghipsternetwork at gmail.com, aginghipsternetwork at gmail.com. Please email us all of your Star Wars questions. We'll read it on air and give our non experty takes. So, without further ado, Toby, do you want to take us back to a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? Yes. Um, so, 31 years or so before, uh, was it 31 years before uh, A New Ye- Hope? Uh, Yevon, yeah, right? The, what was that? It's like the they they do the dates according to Yevon, the Battle of... You oh, know, okay. The Got it. Got it. It's 31 years before that, I think. Um, <laughs> there's a trade conflict uh, between uh, the trade the evil trade federation who have aligned with the uh, Darth Sidious, um, and they are blocking all uh, ships in and out of the, the small, peace-loving planet of Naboo, um, and that's where the that's where we start. And our heroes Qui Gon Jinn and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi are sent to go force a, force a settlement with uh, with the Trade Federation so that 
you know, the, the blockade will end and Naboo will be safe from the evil hijinks of the Trade Federation. Um, now, the Darth Sidious, it, it turns out, is uh, manipulating the the Galactic Senate. So pretty much uh, the Trade Federation does whatever it wants with the Galactic Senate's approval, which is the equivalent of like, uh, you know, if the president of the United States is a Republican, he has a Republican Senate, Republican House, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. And that's kind of what was happening here. Shortly after uh, the our heroes arrive on the Trade Federation ship, they there's a, an assassination attempt on them. They escape down to the planet Naboo, where the excitement begins. <laughs> okay, listeners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> instead of playing clips and being sued by Disney, we're actually going to recreate some scenes here. Okay. And so this is the introduction of everyone's favorite character. Actually, George Lucas's favorite character because he's a stubborn <laughs> son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> Jar Jar Binks. And so... Lisa, happy. Toby, did you want to be Jar Jar for this? Yes, okay. of course. Yeah, And I'll be Qui-Gon. I'm going to read some uh, of the direction. Okay. So if you remember, Qui-Gon is in the swamps and he's kind of running away from stuff. Right? He's running away from the... Yes. From the, from the droids, yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, Qui-Gon runs through the strange landscape, glancing back to see the monstrous troop transports emerging from the midst. Animals begin to, uh, begin to run past him in a panic. An odd frog-like Gungan, Jar Jar Binks, squats holding a clam he has retrieved from the murky swamp. The shell pops open. Jar Jar's Greta tongue, George Lucas named it his tongue, anyways, snaps out and grabs <laughs> a clam, swallowing it in one gulp. Jar Jar looks up and sees Qui-Gon and the other creatures running like the wind toward him. One of the large MTTs uh, bear down on the Jedi like a charging locomotive. Jar Jar stands transfixed, still holding the clam shell in one hand. Oh, no! Jar Jar drops the shell and grabs onto Qui-Gon as he passes. The Jedi is caught by surprise. Hey, help me! Help me! Let go! The machine is about to crush them as Qui-Gon drags Jar Jar behind him. Just as the transport is about to hit them, Qui-Gon drops and Jar Jar goes splat in the mud with him. The transport races overhead. Qui-Gon and Jar Jar pull themselves out of the mud. They stand watching the war machine disappear into the mist. Jar Jar grabs Qui-Gon and hugs him. Oi, Mui, Mui, I love yous. The frog-like creature kisses the Jedi. Are you brainless? You almost got us killed. I speak. The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Now get out of here. Qui-Gon starts to move off and Jar Jar follows. No, no. Misa, stay. Misa, use humble servant. That won't be necessary. Oh, but tis. Tis demanded by the gods. Tis a live debt. Tis. Misa called a Jaja Binks. <laughs> and scene. Wow. wow. <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> All right. Continue on, Toby. <laughs> um, so uh, Qui-Gon makes it into the Naboo, the city, the main city of Naboo. He, uh, uh, well, first of all, before he does that, he goes, Jar Jar leads him underwater to the, to the, his people's underwater city. They get, uh, Qui-Gon uses Jedi mind tricks to trick the leader of the city to give him a, a ship and give, give him Jar Jar as a guide. And then they go through the, the center of the planet through ma- numerous big fish who continually eat each other. <laughs> and they come out into a beautiful serene lake in the city, the, the capital city where they then escape. They go, they get the princess or the, I'm sorry, they get the queen and her handmaidens. And then they uh, escape on her ship uh, where before they're able to escape the star system, uh, we introduce R2-D2, who is one of uh, four droids who, and the only one who doesn't get blown away off the top of the ship, fixes a gas leak or something, and then they power through into uh, the scene or the, the planet Tatooine where Jabba the Hutt is, uh, and what you'll remember as Luke Skywalker's home planet. Um, so they... they it turns out, even though R2-D2 fixed the ship a little bit, it's still got issues, and they need some parts. They go to the city to find parts, and they, they end up in a shop of a guy, a shopkeeper who has a boy slave named Anakin, who, uh, and in this shop is the parts they need. 
Oh, okay. This is our second scene. Okay, so Jar Jar makes a rude face to Qui-Gon's back and sticks out his long tongue. Anakin sits in sits on the counter pretending to clean apart, sta- staring at Padme. She is the most beautiful creature he has ever seen in his life. Padme is a little embarrassed by his stare, but she musters up an amused smile. Finally, he gets the courage to speak. Oh, Toby, who do you want to be? Padme or Anakin? <laughs> I'll, I'll be Anakin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll use the same voice as Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go. Are you an angel? What? An angel. I've heard the deep space pilots talk about them. They live on the moons of Lego, I think. They are the most beautiful creatures in the universe. They are good and kind, and so pretty they make even the most hardened spice pirate cry. Padme looks at him, not knowing what to say. I've never heard of angels. You must be one. Maybe you just don't know it. You're a funny little boy. How do you know so much? Since I was very little, three I think, my mom and I were sold to Gardula the Hutt, but she lost us betting on the pod races to Watto, who's a lot better master than Gardula, I think. You're a slave? Anakin looks at Padme defiantly. I am a person. My name is Anakin. I'm sorry. I don't fully understand. This is a strange world to me. Anakin studies her intently. You are a strange girl to me. Jar Jar pushes the nose, uh, the nose on what appears to be a little droid, and it instantly comes to life grows legs and arms, and starts marching around, knocking over everything. Jar Jar holds on, but can't stop it. Hit the nose. Jar Jar hits the nose, and the droid collapses back into its original state. Anakin and Padme laugh. Ha 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 Anakin watches Padme straighten her hair. End scene. End scene. Wow. Just brilliant. Just the writing <laughs> just hits, hits the heartstrings in all the right ways. And uh, we should note, uh, as everybody knows, this is um, Anakin's nine years old. Padme is 14. 14. Yep. And uh, she's the queen of uh, the Democrat, democratically elected queen of Naboo, which we're going to get into later. Like, okay, so this planet. <laughs> There's a lot <laughs> to unpack here. I don't, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should just yada yada through the rest of this, <laughs> this quote unquote plot. 14 year old runs for the queen of a planet, yada, yada, yada. She's. In a trade, trade federation stuff, block, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is the start of a romance, of course, between uh, these two that yes. that ends up to the, the to the uh, detriment of the entire galaxy. Oh man! Okay, continue on. Let's. Uh, yeah, maybe okay. we should just yada yada the, the rest of the plot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much yada yada yada. <laughs> they end up at the the Jedi stronghold on uh, uh, Coruscant. Or, on Coruscant and Yoda is here like scolding, giving a good stern talking to, to Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I put a different scene is the one that's like Yoda is like, okay, you can be Skywalker's whatever. This is the same one. Yeah. Yeah. This is, but they're in the, yeah, I set it up properly. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. And back. The sun streams... Do you want to be Yoda, too? Yeah, sure. Okay. The sun streams into the multi-windowed room at a low angle. It is not quite sunset. Yoda paces through Obi-Wan, or paces before Obi-Wan, who is kneeling at the center of the room. Confer on you the level of Jedi Knight the Council does. But, oh, I did set it up improperly, because uh, this is after Qui-Gon dies. This is at the end of the movie. Okay, okay, let me reset it up. Wait, pod race, <laughs> and now we're here. Oh, God, this is after the pod race. <laughs> okay, so this next scene uh, happens with after a bunch of yada yadas. There's a pod race, which is like a, we'll say an off-road car race type of thing with jet ships <laughs> and, uh, uh qui-gon fights the nem- evil nemesis uh uh darth maul qui-gon dies darth maul gets cut in half falls into a pit and mysteriously lives through it <laughs> we've learned many many years later um they end up after all this uh obi-wan is talking to yoda and he wants to take on anakin as an apprentice and yoda does not like this okay 
The sun streams into the multi-windowed room at a low angle. It is not quite sunset. Yoda paces before Obi-Wan, who is kneeling in the center of the room. Confer on you the level of Jedi Knight the Council does, but agree on you taking this boy as your Padawan learner. I do not. Qui-Gon believed in him. I believe in Qui-Gon. The chosen one the boy may be. Nevertheless, grave danger I fear is in his training. Master Yoda, I gave Qui-Gon my word. I will train Anakin without the approval of the council if I must. Hmm. Qui-Gon's defiance I sense in you. Need that you do not. Agree, the council does. Your apprentice, young Skywalker, will be. And scene. That was that was not a bad uh, not bad writing. Yeah, I mean he he nailed like a couple lines here and there. It's it's like uh yeah, like me playing basketball. I can don't count on me to make a good percentage, but every now and then you're good 25% from the corner 3. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and I think okay, go on. Uh continue the story. Oh, okay. Um so we're going to take this through to the end. <laughs> well, this is actually at the end. And there's a bunch of other stuff that happened that I think both of us when we were rewatching just had to fast forward through. There's the pod race. <laughs> There's the whole Senate thing where they decided to, where they uh, kicked out Chancellor Valorian or whatever yep. Valorian. Uh huh. Yep. Palpatine, who of course is also from Naboo, um, mm-hmm. he is elected the new Chancellor, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. The battle between the Gungans and droids happen. Mm hmm. And Jar Jar, the- Jar Jar gets a, a droid stuck on his foot and accidentally. Uh, fights the whole droid army with a <laughs> gun that's accidentally strapped to his foot. Yeah. And then it's at like, the very at very end, uh, Padme gave the Gungan leader like one of those orbs that have like the electric volts in them, you know, like that you see at Spencer's Gifts. Yeah, right. And yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as his big prize, and he held it up. And that was the end of the movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh... The end. So good. Is oh there, well, you you forgot the a great part where Anakin accidentally uh, hits auto hits the autopilot oh, button. Yes. Somehow he ends up inside of a, a fighter ship. Accidentally presses the autopilot button. He's like, "Well, I guess I'll see where this takes me." And he goes and destroys the main droid ship uh, with his super fighting abilities. That was a very good autopilot, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was programmed right. Yes. Uh, okay. I think that kind of does it for what the Phantom <laughs> Menace was. <laughs> All right, Toby, let's launch into some of the categories for the Phantom Menace. First, let's go over some uh, overall stats. It had a budget of $115 million. Its opening weekend was around $65 million. It grossed around $475 million in the U.S. And worldwide, it did over a billion dollars. Not bad. Not, not bad at all. I And with the budget, from what I was reading, George Lucas got like basically $100 million from Hasbro to, to finance this film, which a lot of people point to as part of the problem because George Lucas didn't have to answer to anybody mm. anymore and he could make whatever movie he wanted in his feverish dream. Yeah, and then it got even worse when he made episodes two and three because now he had even more money. <laughs> <laughs> so one one thing that um, is interesting that that I was research you know that I learned um, from researching for this podcast um, uh, you know he he looked at this as like a technology challenge as much as a story challenge and um which you know to me seems like um an idiot's way to make a movie you know (laughs) it's like somebody who goes into the music studio because they have auto-tune and they're like now that i have auto-tune i can make a good album you know but i bet that guy with auto-tune has a lot of money just like george (laughs) lucas exactly (laughs) um so let's go over about when we saw the phantom menace and how excited we were because it is was literally and probably still is the movie event of all movie events. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, thinking back, like these, this was like a seminal movie event for its time. You know, like like I don't even know that these events happen anymore because it's so it's just different now. Like, yeah, 
And I don't know that there is another, like sequels weren't even like a big thing back then. Like now there's sequels for everything and they're redoing, like Tom Hank, Tom Cruise is coming back for his Top Gun sequel like 20 years later because everybody's making sequels now. But back then they didn't make as many sequels. And, you know, of course, Star Wars was beloved and, um, it, it, I, you know, all that played into it just being like this huge event where, uh, you know, according to Wikipedia, people waited over a month to get tickets like they waited outside the movie theater for a month to get tickets (laughs) yeah one uh, interesting fact was during the first week of the first trailer's release many theaters reported up to 75 percent of the audience audiences paying full price for the movie then walking out after the star wars episode one trailer was shown which is crazy i didn't do that um do you remember where you like where you saw it yeah, well, I, yeah, I do because uh, my family went on vacation in Washington D.C., um, where my sister and brother just grumped around the whole time because they were missing their girlfriends and boyfriends. Um, and we, I remember seeing it, and uh, of course, uh, our good friend Matt uh, told me, like, spoiled it before I even saw it, and told me how bad it was. Um, but I was like, I, I was like, I suspended disbelief, went in there, and I don't remember thinking it was horrible. Um, but I definitely wasn't thinking it was great. Um, and this is kind of the, the the story of this movie for me. I keep going back. So I owned it on VHS up until like a month ago when I gave it to Goodwill. But I, I've watched it over and over again over the years because I keep wanting, I keep expecting it to be different. Like surely <laughs> I missed something and it's going to be better this time. But uh, what, when, what's your memory of seeing it for the first time? I wrote it down at the beginning. That's that's basically what I remember. <laughs> that is, was uh, it, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like I went there with a couple of our friends. It might have been Matt. And I want to say Barry. Mm-hmm. And we somehow got tickets for the midnight showing. And we got there a little bit late. So we couldn't sit together. So we had to sit separately, which is fine. And I just remember everyone just being like, yeah, like cheering. And then at the end, everyone was just like, what (laughs) like like seriously like (laughs) we waited for that because you're right like sequels weren't a given like today we're like oh we're going to have 20 marvel movies right Uh we never knew that star wars was going to come back out again and then it finally was and do you you remember even before they was i don't know if it was before after they re-released the old ones and that was like a huge movie event they put them back in the theater and like i mean it was just crazy going to see those again you know Let's go over some of the initial reactions because they are, to put it kindly, pretty mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of pulled some uh, critic reactions, just kind of top line mm-hmm. uh, of uh, what some people have. So here's a couple positive ones. And what's funny about the positive reviews is that they're positive, but they're not very positive. Right. So, <laughs> you know, so like, it's like it so wasn't from, not bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely there. Um, okay, so this is from. This is kind of what I'm talking about. Joe Holloman from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. The movie is fun for the most part, and several scenes are as good or better than anything Lucas created in the original films. The human characters, however, are not nearly as interesting as those in the earlier episodes. So it's kind of like a backhanded compliment. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then this guy, Adam Lee Davies from Little White Lies. Don't know who he is, but he got into Rotten Tomatoes. Still unsure of the basic mechanics of the plot. Drags in places, and and that Binks uh, cra- uh, chap wasn't just a bad dream, but when it soars, it soars. So that's. Like, <laughs> um, did you want to go over some of the negative reviews? Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. Um, should I read Joe Morgenstern's? Okay. Uh, <laughs> what I can't comprehend is why the political details had to be so tedious and abstract. Will the kids of our nation and the world truly be titillated by trade wars and the spectacle of a do-nothing Senate? <laughs> Which is funny. Like, like that, those were like major plot points, like, like these political machinations, you know, like it, it didn't make for great theater really in this case. You know, I feel like, like he was trying to make like, uh, what is it? 10 Angry Men or whatever, like great movie, you know, 10 men in a room for two hours. Wow. Compelling. And this was like the most boring uh, government minutia. It was like they're filing motions of grievances. (laughs) Well, I think we're going to try to unpack some of that Mm. a little bit in in a couple minutes. Just overall, Toby, your thoughts when you first saw the movie, was it just sort of confusion? Uh, 
so I, I remember thinking like it wasn't as bad as Matt said it was, <laughs> and yet it was far from good. Like it, yeah. uh, the only reason to go back and see it again is because it's a Star Wars movie, and and mm-hmm. I want it to be good. And that continues to this day. And I think you know that one reviewer gets it right. There are like moments of awesomeness. Like I remember even now I watched the beginning scene of that when the Qui Gon and uh, Obi Wan come in and they. Um, you know, start their fighting and then they go up into the ventilation shaft and the, the bad guy goes, they've gone into the ventilation shaft. Like I'm getting goosebumps even saying that. That's like a great little sequence there. And they're, uh, oh, and the other part right at the beginning when he sticks his, they put up the blast doors and Qui-Gon sticks his lightsaber oh, into the, yep. and it starts melting and the, the bad guy's are like, they're still coming, you know? <laughs> like that's a great scene and great sequence, but then like it's sandwiched between like, you know, just silliness. And like even in there, there's a scene where they, the bad guys blast, they kill the, everybody in the ship that the Jedis flew in. But it's like, it lacks like any, it's not like compelling at all. Like here are like two guys dying and you're just like, eh, <laughs> like, um, but what, what is, what's your, uh, you know, what do you think? Like, you know what? I, I walked out of there and I was just confused, like thinking like, why did we spend so much time at the pod race? Cause it reminded me of like Ben Hur yeah. where Ben Hur has this like 30 minute long yep. chariot race. And Mm -hmm. it's almost the same. It's almost like the same, like the pod race, you know, they have three laps and they have all this stuff. And yeah, it looked really cool. You made uh, a video game off the pod race and sold a bunch of toys, but it's sort of like, that's not really what I was there for. I was just sort of like, was that just a showcase for a a pod race? Well, and you know, it's funny you say that because you might've read this, but it was actually Ben Hur was a major influence for the pod race. Oh, according to Wikipedia. Um, and Ben-Hur was a great movie. Yes. The 30-minute 30, the 30 scene of the Ben-Hur, you know, horse race, is, it's it's insane. And and actually, a guy died in the filming of that 30-minute scene, scene, scene. Like, he got trampled by the horses and sucked up into the cart, you know? <laughs> like, oh, man. Like, they were... Uh, that's, like, another shortcoming of this, I feel like. So, Ben-Hur, there's actually guys... They're actually staging the race. Like, actual horses, there's danger, and real danger involved, and they really did a great job of capturing it. I feel like in Star the Star Wars, it was like one of the first movies where everything was in front of a green screen. And in fact, like in a lot of the scenes with Jar Jar, they would, for the run-throughs, they would have like someone in costume like playing Jar Jar. But when the actual filming happened, they had nobody there. It was just like Qui-Gon talking to thin air. And like later they drew them in with computers. And um, that can't be good. You know, <laughs> if you're making a movie and, there's no no set pieces and you're just standing in a bright green room and you're talking to thin air uh, pretending you know how yeah, can I that, don't think how, I, don't, I don't think acting was really one of the movie's strong points. I remember just thinking I was like poor Liam Neeson like mm-hmm. it's just him all alone out there you know yeah no acting and everyone else just seemed like they sucked yeah and I know? would say like Liam Neeson comes off as he's strong like he, yeah. he he does come off as like a believable character like of all he's the only one yeah like because he's so strong and you know his chop he's acting chops i mean this is I, I don't know but like to me i'm like i could i liked liam neeson's job in there you know yeah me too <laughs> but then there's the rest of the movie yeah Ugh. toby let's get into some listener questions great this is from luke what is the actual plot of the Phantom Menace with the embargo and trade <laughs> negotiations. So they talk about this minutia, but what exactly it is, can you explain it to me? Yeah, so what's happening is um, the picture, it's more like, like so the Galactic Senate is kind of like uh, uh, like how Britain runs their, their government, where there's like factions that gather, they build coalitions, they elect a prime minister, and... Um, and so what's happening is like there's this faction that's gaining power, the Trade Federation. Um, and, and what they've done is they, they've basically invaded. Uh, they're, they're barricading this whole planet and saying, like, we want all your resources. And they're basically like attacking this planet. But they're, they're using the machinations of government to cover it up. And they're like just pushing it just enough to where like there's not an international outcry or interplanetary outcry. Um, and they, they don't have the votes in the Galactic Senate to do anything about it. Like the the, fa- the people who are against all this do- don't have the votes. 
Really? Because I I, I went back and rewatched a couple times, <laughs> and it's 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 you're giving it a big benefit of the doubt because it's kind of blurry. It's because they're talking about oh, like they're they're upset about taxation and stuff, and so they decided to invade a small backwater hippie planet that uh, discriminates against their alien minority as a way to like get through to them. It's like I was thinking of like what's the uh, if it was in America, it was like if say there's a some tariffs or something went up, you know? Uh-huh. Yep. And to retaliate, like Mitch McConnell convinces like Apple to invade Vermont. You know, it's like, what does that do? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what? Well, that, yeah, that's a whole other, yeah. Like what's, what is it? How does it solve the problem of taxation of trade routes? I don't know. Like, like did Nabu was Nabu behind it? Did they write it? Did they like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's confusing and it's, um, I think like it, there's still a lot of speculation as to what the hell just happened. Like with, you know, like what's going on here with this government. Right. Um, but what is clear is like later, uh, you know, they, uh, th- they come back and because they can't get anything done, they, you know, elect a new prime minister. Right. Um, which is a turning point in the whole thing. Yeah. And, but I'm, it sort of like tripped me up that the initial uh, catalyst for all this stuff for Palpatine, the grand power is just like so insane. It's just sort of like, I don't know if he Jedi mind tricked these guys into thinking that this is the way to go, but it's, um, it's really weird. And, and um, well, it, you know, in the later movies you learn like Palpatine's, you know, the dark Palpatine is like, slowly like enter yeah i mean it appears he's like entering people's minds slowly but surely and like uh, you know covering the senate uh, you know he's like getting a majority of the senators on his side through the power of the dark side you know i think in episode three they uh that's when he makes it a uh dictatorship and but it's definitely confusing and even then it like why trade why the taxation of trade routes like yeah you'd think like they could come up with a better political thing <laughs> like, right <laughs> this is like just like a weird it's a weird way for uh you know a, a dictator to take over okay we got another question this one is from mike uh let's see which one we should do um acting performances aside do you think George Lucas is successful in using this movie to start what becomes known as the Skywalker saga? Uh, you know, I think, um, uh, gosh, you know, uh, I want to say yes, but at the same time, it's just so poorly written. Like, uh, I feel like he, he failed because, because of the poor writing, you know? Um, so his goal going in here, so he wrote the original three and then he's like, okay, I want to tell the story of uh, Darth Vader, basically. So this is, he. the story went from being about Luke Skywalker, that, you know, that was a story we all knew. Yeah. And he's like, now it's about Darth Vader. The and whole that seems thing. like a great idea. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Like, oh shit, like Darth Vader, this whole thing was about Darth Vader? Like, that's pretty cool. But, but, uh, <laughs> but. but. <laughs> and I think part of it starts when he, he starts like tells the backstory as a boy, like it would have been really cool if they had started kind of where episode two starts and have like Darth Vader as like a young Jedi. Like maybe that becomes a a more compelling story, you know? Yeah. Instead of like a Jesus figure, Mm -hmm. it was like murderous Jesus. That's that's another, yeah. And that's another silly thing. Like, like, uh, so Darth Vader is, uh, you know, conceived by midi chlorians. Basically, he's like Jesus, and you, like, did he have to be conceived by Jesus? Couldn't he be like, like? I love how they did Ray in the new one, where like she has a family, but they're drunk gamblers, and they just gambled her away. Like that's that was a really cool reveal. I felt like, um, and it was kind of the opposite of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was very successful. I mean, yeah, he starts it off, but it's sort of like a drunk like stumbling out of the bar you know <laughs> yeah. and another thing <laughs> yeah. uh midichlorians okay. yeah it, that was the whole there's a whole thing like on the internet you know like all the fanboys are pissed like since when can we measure midichlorians like when when was this 
ridiculousness. Like now it's like a scientific figure that you can encapsulate with like a blood test. Like it kind of like, I don't know, to me, like in, uh, it, it, it diminished the whole, like, like it, it by putting science behind it, it kind of makes it less interesting. Yeah. You know who really liked uh, science and eugenics and blood tests and stuff? Who? Nazis. <laughs> Nazis, George Lucas. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's another one from Mike? He wrote a couple. Okay. Let's see. Is Darth Maul underrated or overrated? Yeah, we'll what do, do you that. think? Just, yeah. I, you know, I think he's underutilized. Like, you know, he was the best selling toy before mm-hmm. the movie. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, Darth Maul is so great. But he has like three lines. Yeah. And I don't mind him like dying at the end of this movie, but it just seems like they just kind of wasted him. I agree. Like, like he could have been a really cool character. Like it, it's like they made him a caricature and like they, they just tried to make him cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, like Han Solo in the original, it's like, he's cool, but he's like kind of funny. Like he's interesting. Like Darth Maul was not interesting. He was just kind of like a cool badass, like with, without any depth. Yeah. He um, had the dual lightsaber. He could yeah. jump around and stuff. And then Qui-Gon, no, it was it Obi-Wan just like, knocked him off the whatever and he fell down and died well and yeah and that's it was a really lame death like um so obi-wan at the end shoots like uses the force to lift himself up out of the the pit and uh, darth maul just sits there while obi-wan does a flip over him and then obi-wan like literally like a second later in a second in in uh jedi terms is like a lifetime and he's just (laughs) darth maul standing there while obi-wan jumps out, does a flip over him, and then cuts him in half. <laughs> like, like, and I'm always like, why don't you stick that lightsaber up in the air and just cut Obi-Wan in half? Like, <laughs> yeah, just like spin it around or something. Yeah, I mean, um, so totally underutilized. Like, could have been cool, but... Uh, and, of course, now he's back in spider form, and it's... Uh, Is he? Yeah, he's, the, the most recent one, he comes... He makes a brief cameo as a spider version of Darth Maul, so he has the spider legs attached. The uh, Force Awakens, or no, uh, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi, yeah, at the very end, um, which is just oh. silly because uh, that was on the planet of Naboo, wasn't it? And he falls into some weird pit on the planet of Naboo. Uh, somehow he gets saved. Like, like this is another like, like just let him die, man. And I don't know who's <laughs> making the movies now, but like you, we blew it. <laughs> like move yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so you you think he should have died in the fall because that was the side question he asked. Well, should Maul have survived or just died in the fall? I, he should have died. I mean, I don't know what's down in the pit, like whether or not the pit killed him. I think, like story wise, they should have just let him go, like they did with Jar Jar. Like this guy is done. Move on. Next, especially since like the people that have grudges against him. Uh, uh, are long gone in the new ones, you know, like, like who's he pissed at? Like he's back to like fight with Ray, but like Ray doesn't have a grudge against this red guy, you know? He, yeah. She, she doesn't know who he is. Yeah. And, and he wasn't like a major, uh, you know, a major Sith Lord or anything. He was just like the apprentice. Yeah. He sold a lot of toys. And even the, the, the trade Federation guys had never heard of him. They're like, no, there's two of them. <laughs> remember that great line yeah. <laughs> oh. oh man okay so the battle droids funny or cheesy so i think originally i thought they were super cheesy but i'm you know watching it yesterday this this week this last week i actually like them i think they provide good comic relief i mean it's so whimsical and silly and yeah. It's over the top and dumb, but like I kind of like them now. Like as that. Like let's let's just say like if you're going to make battle droids, you don't give them a sense of humor. <laughs> like but like, but like uh, get, getting over that, I go it was kind of amusing having them back. Uh what do you think? I guess I really I'm neutral. I like the little rolly guys. Those are cool. Mm-hmm. The other the other ones um I think they're funny. Oh, I'll just say funny. I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Georgie got me. You got twelve year old Bob. 
Well, and mission I think, accomplished. Yeah, and as I age, I appreciate them more because yeah. maybe it's just because the rest is so dumb, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is I don't need to be like, upset at everything. Yeah, this is like a comic relief at least, and as as stupid as it is, making these droids the comic relief, like it's better than nothing. Okay, Toby, let's let's uh, cover the questions that came into our minds as we were watching this or rewatching this. Mm-hmm. Did you have anything? What are your questions that kind of came up? Well, so I always wonder, like, the money, not the money, but, like, it's very clear to me that nobody told George Lucas no. Like, like George Lucas had a bunch of bobbing heads around him that no matter what, you know, he takes a, goes to the bathroom, comes out of the toilet with shit on the paper, he shows it to people, they're like, "Uh uh-huh, looks great. (laughs) Um, uh, Like, I really am curious, like, you know, in an alternate universe, what it would be like if he had you know, money people around him saying, no, that's not right. Rewrite it. You know, probably like he did in the first series, you know? Right. Because he had a producer there. I forgot his name that a lot of people talk about that wasn't with him on these prequels. It was just him. And I saw an interview with somebody from industrial light and magic. And he said, he's like all like kind of stressing about like letting people down and stuff. And George is like, all you have to do is, uh, make me happy which you know which is great from in terms of like sometimes in terms of like an artist perspective you want the artist to like fulfill their vision yeah but if their vision really sucks uh-huh. like, then you're like maybe well, you need like somebody else to kind of bounce it off of you know well, like yeah and it does seem like an execution problem like the yeah. story you know you know he's capable of writing a great story that we know he's capable of writing a great script um you know but like it seems just seems like nobody pushed him yeah, he created this world, and they're like, okay, what's the story that's going to write? And and then it was a Phantom Menace. Yeah, and there's a documentary that I think is different from the one that, that we watched this last week, but um, there's a scene in the documentary of him coming out having just finished the script, and he's like waving it, and everyone's cheering around him, uh, like in the office, and I'm just like, he was in that room writing the script and nobody had seen it until he walked out with it. Like, this is <laughs> stupid. Like, oh. uh, speaking it, of the script that I had a question that came up. Mm-hmm. So what was George Lucas thinking when he was writing Jar Jar's dialogue? <laughs> like when he wrote, excuse me, did he just like, Oh, this is golden. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he did. Yeah. You know it. You know, he's like, this is, this is going to play. Yeah, this is, oh, this is so great. Like, I can't believe it. I, I loves you. Like, I loves you. And you know what, what's oh. funny about that? Like, so you know he did that. This is the thing that, like, is so... Uh, he did this on purpose. He, like, he, he thought this was a good idea. Yeah, yeah, but, like, George Lucas, the thing that's really interesting to me about him is, like, you know, he did that. He wrote that. He yeah. thought it was brilliant. You know, he's like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm going to put this in the script. And it's just like this dumb moment that he had. But he like in all his interviews, he tries to justify everything and make everything really complex. Like, well, like on, even on the Wikipedia page, it's like George Lucas considered 42 different dialects of uh, all from around the world and merged them and had his team produce, you know, 60 different audio files and like and they ended up with me so horny you know? yeah. like, like, they came up with the most offensive one that they could <laughs> well, well yeah and you go you did you did all that work but you already had the solution like no there's no way what jar jar is came from all that work <laughs> that's true okay another question i had and maybe i'm looking too hard at the whole political system that george lucas uh, has created because obviously he just likes to hand wave stuff o- away. So Padme is 14 years old in the movie. Mm-hmm. How does a planet elect a 14 year old queen? It, well, uh, it turns out that all the old people died in the previous invasion. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like, like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like I really like her experience in middle school. <laughs> she's like, among the elder class. Like there was I know that she's just elected, but like, how do you elect a fourteen-year-old queen? Because, and how do you elect a queen? Because, Anyways, it's <laughs> because the Gungans carry with them a deadly plague. It's <laughs> continually wiping out the planet's population every time oh. they surface, which is why they have the conflict with the the Naboo. <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like there's like, uh, like what, uh, what talents does she have? Yes. She can 
<laughs> she can like kind of act woodenly and wear like really weird outfits. And maybe that's all yeah. you need to do. But it's like, how do you elect a 14 year old queen in the, in the future or whatever? And, and here's the stupid, even stupider. It gets stupider. <laughs> so like in the next movie, as we'll get into in a later podcast, uh, we learn that not only did she serve out her term, she reached the term limit, whatever that is, maybe it's two terms. <laughs> yeah. And they tried to, to change the constitution so she could serve a third term. <laughs> I think George Lucas should have went to like civics class or something because it's like you have a republic that's not really a republic that's con- con- um, composed of these sovereign co- countries electing monarchies. Um, it's just it's all over the place. Yeah, it is. Oh. Okay, and do yeah. you have any other questions? Um, you know, we talked about the, it's really strange that like, like what's going through George's head when he's writing this love story, you you know, between this queen of Naboo, who's 14 and the nine-year-old slave boy, I I really would have been better had he started (laughs) when they were in their late teens or whatever. (laughs) Like, Like, oh, okay. So that kind of. Let's let's use that because we're getting to our next uh, category, which I have uh, titled is how Lucasy does George get with a couple of these pot, plot points. And we're rating them from a scale of reasonable to 20,000 with the Chlorians. All right. <laughs> so let's start off with the Anakin Padme yeah. romance, a romance of a nine year old boy and a 14 year old girl, which you can't really make it a romance because that's that's really creepy so you just make it sort of creepy by them just like looking at each other and i care for you annie i care for you a lot this this is as close to twenty thousand midichlorians as you get until the next movie (laughs) when we talk about the romance tomorrow you'll hear all about that i know it's it's just kind of i i totally agree it's like why just just Start off as like a teenage, teenage Anakin. Nobody yeah. would have been Horny the wiser. Man with an older woman who's into the younger man. You know, you totally get it. You go, oh, yeah. okay, I get that. But when when we were fourteen, there's no way that we looked at nine year olds. Like if we did, we'd be like beat up or something. Like, are, that's, you, that's, that's... are you kidding? When I was twenty, I looked at twenty four year olds like they were gross. You know, like it was like you old hag. You know? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I think that's a probably let's say nineteen thousand nine hundred and ninety nine midichlorians for me. It's just right, yeah. like oh, right it's just there. some and, and it's just bad because they kept on trying to stuff it. They're they're trying to work it, you know, like these things where they're having these meaningful moments. You're just like it's just really awkward, George. It like, it, he's, yeah, it, it's really strange and it, it it's awkward. It wasn't gross, you know. It was just like weird. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, next one. Scale of reasonable to twenty thousand midichlorians. Midichlorians themselves. How Lucasy is this? God, I mean, I almost think this is not very Lucasy because it's pretty rare that George Lucas explains the science of things, and for good reason. Um, I'm going to or political like, systems. Yeah, or, <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. like. So, like, you think of the original Star Wars. We don't know anything about midichlorians or the Force. We just know it's a mystical force. Even, like, as uh, uh, Obi-Wan's explaining it to Luke Skywalker, he never talks. He's just like, there's this mystical force. I don't know. It controls things, you know? Like, you can kind of be in sync with it. Um, And, and yeah, the political system. Think of the the political system in the first one. um, And even the clones. Like, I didn't know they were clones. I thought they were robots in the first three movies, or the, the original ones. Um, it wasn't until, you know, the attack of the clones episode two that I realized, oh, those were like humans in there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was better as a mystery, you know, yeah. like, do you, so do you think the force was better as a mystery or yeah, explained? Yeah. A mystery. I, I agree. It's not, yeah, it's not, it's not very Lucasy. It's pretty reasonable. Minichlorians. It doesn't mean like it's great. No, and you it, if you think about it, if uh, this is where it gets lame, like, let's say there was a thing called midichlorians, we would be 
manipulating and exploiting the midi, you know, some tech startup in Silicon Valley would be figuring midi chlorians out right now. And how lame is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Um, okay, the next the next uh, topic, we've kind of gone over a bunch, so we don't need to like really get into it before, but on the scale of reasonable to 20,000 midichlorians, the Phantom Menace trade war. I think that's 10,000 midichlorians. That it's, I think that's a good one. It's it like it, it seems reasonable. You need some sort of conflict or mm-hmm. war. It just seems kind of like a silly one. They might as yeah. well just, you know. Well, that's what makes it Lucasy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next one is Jar Jar is George Lucas's favorite character. <sighs> George. I don't think it is. I think George just says that because he's so depressed and sad about this. He can't like, he's like just, re- he's pissed off that people are pissed at him and he's just trying to piss off the, the fanboys at this point. That's true. Because I think the attack of the clones had a fake title, fake working title called like Jar Jar's big adventure or something like that. <laughs> you know, just the, really? so like, I appreciate his sense of humor and, but mm-hmm. you could tell like, it's it's sort of like like this one time when I was in eighth grade and I wrote this girl a poem and they just all laughed at me. Uh-huh. It's like I that's kinda like how George Lucas felt. He's sort of like, yeah. This is this is me. <laughs> and everyone's it like, is. What the heck? And he's like, I love Jar Jar. I love the Phantom Menace. You guys suck, you know? Yeah. And, I think you're right. And then rather than like learn the business lesson or whatever, he went, he doubled down. He's like, fine, fuck you all. I'm going to direct the next one as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Next one is uh, Star Wars is a, is a kid's movie. So y'all adults quit your bitching. I, this is where I think he's telling the truth. So George Lucas says this. Um, and I think he's actually trying to make a kid's movie. I, I yeah. think he, because everything he says, you know, when, when it seems like it's more real, he's talking about how he's trying to write the old space opera, which he used to, or the old, uh, is it not space opera? So, you know, like the old things that used to play in movie theaters when he was a kid. Um, so he talks a lot about those and how those influenced what he's doing with Star Wars. And I think he's serious about that. Like he, he as a kid loved these sagas and he was just trying to mimic you know, do artistically do something similar. Yeah, I think that's, I think you have some really good points there. Do you think that he should have adulted stuff up because so many of, so much of the fan base that he had, obviously he didn't care. Like he was like, he, he had his reasons for making it that way to almost be the next, you know, to reach the kids that saw the first, you know, like the same age range that fell in love with the first trilogy. This is their trilogy. But I think mm-hmm. that maybe that's what really kind of disappointed a lot of us because we weren't kids anymore. Right. We were yeah. like we were like people with like really lousy jobs, like at pizza places and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, like lucky, we had if, prospects. Yeah. If you were the working type. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Not not but, you, Toby. But what like, I've heard is yeah, and what I've heard is for the younger generation who like saw this for the first time, like they loved it. Oh. Well. Like and because they didn't have the baggage of the first one, you know. Yeah, I guess that's true. All right, the last one that you put down is the idea of Jar Jar as a Sith Lord. Yeah, so there's this like fan uh, theory, but also the guy who plays Jar Jar has uh, alluded to this. He says there's some outtakes out there that prove this theory um, that have never been released. And uh, what he says is that the original episode two included Jar Jar as like a key... Uh, operator so he comes under the sway of the sith lord uh who's in charge of the senate and like apparently that was lucas's uh, potential maybe one of lucas's you know so the theory goes that lucas was planning on making jar jar a central character in in the whole plot to overthrow you know to create the empire um and and in, in the second movie or is a third movie he does jar jar does put forth the pivotal motion that uh, creates the dictatorship, the empire. I, I think I think there's probably some truth to L- George Lucas thought Jar Jar would play a much bigger role. Yes, you know? and then all of a sudden, what happened? The blowback happened. He's like, "Oh, holy cow! We yeah. better just sweep, sweep this under the rug a little bit." Mm-hmm. 
And the other thing to contextualize it, this was like in the dawn of the internet. So 1999 yeah. is when this was released. And um, we didn't, as a culture, know about haters, you know, like on internet. Oh, that's true. Internet yeah. trolls were a brand new thing that we had never experienced. And so my hunch is that like, you know, if he did the release this today and received that same feedback, he'd probably be like, whatever, haters, you know. But um, I think back then it was a different thing. You know, it was like maybe the first huge trolling internet trolling was for this film you know that's a good point like people like remade the movie and they're pretty relentless and i guess we have been too even sure. though like well, i guess but it's, it's all out of love i'm not i'm not angry about it i'm not angry that anything has happened i still love star wars even though i might not like five out of eight of the movies no yeah <laughs> i mean still... I, I watched them all yeah. even even the in-between ones although i don't like the one of my favorites actually is the um what's the one where they all die at the end <laughs> rogue one rogue one i love yeah. rogue one uh, and i'm looking forward to the new mandalorian i like yeah. the universe a lot yeah um, I, i'm kind of ready for this uh nine uh the skywalker saga to be over though totally man and um you know there was a scene where uh in i think it was the last jedi where Princess Leia is in outer space and she uses the force to go back to her ship. And I remember reading an old, one of the books and Luke Skywalker goes into space hibernation for a long time where he just like slows his metabolism down or whatever and sits in a spaceship to preserve oxygen or whatever. And it was kind of like that. So I, uh, I remember reading that and just getting goosebumps and I kind of liked that they brought, you know, that Leia did that move because it reminded me of Luke's move. All right, Toby. So has the has your opinion of the movie changed at all after rewatching it? Yeah, you know, I I think I like it more. I, I now that I look at it like as like a space comedy, it's it's easier to bear. And like I was playing some of it for my son, and it's um, especially with the kids. So my son's six year six years old, and it's uh not gory you know there's sure there's death but it's um there's enough like in the the fact that the child is the nine-year-old is the star makes it kind of interesting to my six-year-old son um and so i kind of you know i had some fun watching it how about you let's see no i don't think my opinion really changed at all maybe i should play it for my kids to see if i kind of warm up to it a little bit like i don't hate it but i gotta be honest with you i don't think i rewatch it really until from the movie theater until now i've seen oh, like wow. i've seen parts of it like on tnt or something and carry mm-hmm. back but there's some stuff that i totally forgot like at the end they gave the gungan leader like the spencer's electronic orb or something <laughs> like, like, like like why like why like what is that like yeah. don't, why not give him a medal but yeah. now he has this really awkward thing during the party <laughs> they just walking around with going and, and you know you, you know, know he he's slimy he's gonna drop the orb yeah and it's just sort oh, of like does he have a receipt to spencer's for that i don't know but it's like there's yeah i overall well, yeah and that whole i guess thing i don't is- hate it i'm not angry i'm not angry yeah. at this at all i just yeah. want to make sure everyone knows that um i really enjoy i enjoyed rewatching it so i could pick it apart here that's half true but you know overall i, I think it's like a five out of, you know maybe like more like a three out of ten it didn't really insult me you know <laughs> i didn't right. take it personally i'm with you yeah it's a bland uh I think that's what makes it rewatchable is that it's so yeah. bland and there's, there's nothing. Some, yeah. There's some yeah. good parts in it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Some of the uh, special effects and stuff like that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and it was, it was revolutionary for its time. So Jar Jar was the first digital character. Yep. Uh, ever with the speaking role. Cause I think the Anaconda snake might've come out before Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> Not as hated as Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh man okay well that's it for the phantom menace we got attack of the clones next are you ready i'm ready man to continue I've... this uh romance love it yeah i mean wait till you see what happens in episode two. <laughs> oh man probably the most famous line of the the episode one through three happens in episode two and we will go into it in great depth nice well i really appreciate you being on here toby the Aging Hipster Star Wars Rewatch is produced by Bob Serrano and Toby Crines. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Bob Serrano five. Toby, do you have a Twitter? Uh, Toby Crines. Email us at aging hipster network at gmail.com. Email us some questions for the next episodes or future episodes of the Star Wars Rewatch. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean. Rate and leave kind reviews or just rate it. Or And also tell other people about this. So thank you so much for listening. May the force be with you. Even you, Jar Jar. Peace.